he my he's the greatest modern rapper to me like there's only one goat to me and it's never probably gonna change yeah i i i'd agree with that but we had so much good music that came out this year like compared to other years like i remember 2020 well because of covid and stuff like that but 2020 was ass 2019 was ass 2018 was ass um 2021 started picking up and now 2022 seems like the land of milk and honey yeah and i've seen so many people on twitter recently saying that like they're like oh this was a terrible year for hip-hop terrible year for rap and i'm like what do you it's it's i feel like people are falling into like one of two categories where they hate everything that comes out everything like and i don't even like the word mainstream that much but like everything that comes out everything that people are excited about they hate just because like that's that's like their personality like is to be like no nothing's good and they only like like the most obscure stuff and that's fine like and then i feel like there's the other side of the coin where people only listen to like the big five artists and that's not like a set big five but they listen to like i'm sure you saw the tweet it's like why does every rap song sound like drake Travis Scott, Future, Lil Baby, or Gunna on every song would just talk about the same stuff. And it's like, well, you're very clearly not looking past that. And I think it always shows when people have actual favorite artists and when they're letting like the playlist tell them who their favorite artist is or the artist they're supposed to be dealing with. Um, Yeah, so like the people who are like, this is a terrible year for rap. I'm like, I don't know how you could feel that way. This is one of the this is probably the best year since 2016 like everyone like we all romanticized 2016 and how good it was and rightfully so but i think that just based off of one quality of the music and two two quantity of the music and three the diversity in the different types of rap albums that we got hip-hop albums that we got i think that this year definitely stacks up to 2016 in that way when you look at 2016 you had like i think the kendrick dropped that year Kendrick, no, no Kendrick he, he was year. 17. It was 17. Someone dropped 16, that. Yeah, 16. 16 was 16 was Kanye. It was like yeah. for Pablo uh-huh. up top. Mm-hmm. And then and Joey like, Badass dropped six, that year. Yeah, Apparently 16 doesn't feel like 15 to me is the one. You think 15? 15 to me. Because yeah, when, I, you had, when I think about had, how the new generation, like the 21 Savages, the Lil Uzis, the Kodaks, the A-Boogies, like that yeah. new generation really started... growing out their fan bases in 2016 so i think that's why and that's really for our generation that's like really the music that we i don't say i don't want to say grew up on because like we were in college at that time but like it was it was a music it was a lot of good music at a very pivotal time for us and i think because of that we romanticized 2016 in that way 2015 was also a good year was that the year well what year was the fetty wap year that was 15 yeah that was 2015 was fetty wap and but 16 was Bobby Schmurda. Yeah, 16 had it had Life of Pablo to start things. Views was in 16. Mm. And then Coloring Book came out. So it was like yeah. those three kind of like mm. ran that whole year. And that was probably the last year where an album had longer than like a couple week cycle. Like I know you remember when we first got to school, like the amount of coloring book posters that like yeah. everyone had, and mm. like all you heard all you heard was that album that album in the uh uh what was those the two dudes one of them went to Syracuse oh 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 the uh the chain smokers oh I felt like <laughs> like playing like just walking to class and stuff like windows down like all you heard I feel like was coloring book 
in in that one i don't even I, remember the name of it i know the song but the reason why i can't relate to that is because like i was like walking to class and stuff like that i would always have like my own earbuds and stuff and yeah. i would just be playing Lil uzi nonstop. like it was well, Lil uzi I, it was yeah 21 when 21 savage first came out and uh what, what was it no heart i knew that song every word to that song yeah. i do every word to x with future oh 2015 was also ds2 well, sure? right. Tw- no, 2015 was DS2. Um, I want to say 56 Nights 2016, but yeah. if you're reading it, this, if you're reading this, it's Monster too late. It came out. was 2015. Monster was 2014. Oh. 2015, I think, was 56 Nights because March Madness came out, but that could have been 16 too, early 16. Mm. And then Purple Rain was 16, but you had DS2. Uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. Fetty Wap was running the entire year, mm-hmm. and then What a Time to Be Alive came out in October 1738. And, hey. and to, Pimp, to Pimp a Butterfly came out that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole didn't drop that year, no, but... he might have dropped in 2016. It was 16 or 17 because 14 Four Sills Drives came out in 14. No, Four Sills Drive is four, yeah, 14. It was 16, 14, and that was um, For Your Eyes Only, which is For Your Eyes Only. That's a I know it was our freshman year. perspective That's, on that album. I, I know it was our freshman year. That's like how I remember. I don't remember what side of the new year it came out on. Yeah, no, but I mean, I so much good music. Like if you like rap, like like rap rap, like Denzel Curry, Boldy James, Kendrick Lamar, Dreamville, JID, um, who else? Who else? Lupe Fiasco, like all these different artists been staples really came out absol like last week really came out and showed that tri- real rap isn't dead um and then when you like hip-hop like the more mainstream stuff you have future who came out this year kodak black came out this year young boy dropped like five six projects this year um rod wave one of my favorites cmg album and also i think that this is a very low baby also um metro Boomin, but i think that this is also a very um I think DJ drama is, I don't know if you can tell the story of 2022 without mentioning DJ drama and all the work that he's put in. No, pro- definitely not. And I think coming off of last year, when he did call me, if you get lost with Tyler, I, I think a whole other, cause you and I weren't old enough for the first DJ drama era. Mm-hmm. Like when he was like legit, like, I'm pretty sure in front of like the Supreme court or like state Supreme court about selling mixtapes. But we got like the, the second run of him. Like the biggest one that stands out to me is in with dream chasers Mm too. like hearing him like on the the first version of that. And there's some songs that from, from uh, dream chasers Two that ended up on dreams and nightmares. And I remember like specifically the song burn with big Sean meat mill and big Sean. I always like when I first heard like, the version on dreams and nightmares all of the dj drama ad libs are gone and so like i always have just played the dream chasers 2 version so for us to get like the second era of dj drama when we were younger and then for it to kind of come back like he did a project in 2014 with childish gambino which was cool and he's been obviously involved in around on stuff and he's kind of like the person who forced jack harlow into the into the spotlight he was mm-hmm. the one bringing him into sway he was the one bringing him to the radio stations and so for him to be to become more of a mainstay this year, I think there is the the chance for like, I don't want to say oversaturation because it's tough to like oversaturate a real hip hop legend. I feel like that would be 
disrespectful mm-hmm. to be like, oh, too much of DJ drama is like, you know, oversaturated. But yeah, I think it's good that he's a staple. And I think it just shows that he has such a good ear and understanding of like what's hot right now. So even if it's not my favorite music in the world, like his the the tape he did with Youngboy, it's like not my favorite project of the year. But it's clear that he has his finger on the pulse of like the generation of kids who's just younger than me and you, which is ultimately like the most important demographic. Like me and you are a little long in the tooth at this point. They don't care about us no more. (laughs) No, we're like, yeah, we're we're (laughs) mid-20s. They they don't care at all anymore. All right. This is the finale, the outro to the Cap uh, season three. This is the Cap podcast, episode 334. Thank you for watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and more. Do us a favor, hit the like button, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media. And check out all the Old Milk content at oldmilk.co. That being said, we are here to recap 2022 and what a year it was. Comment your thoughts about our selections in the comments below or if it, wherever the comments are, because the comments could be anywhere. It could be up top. I don't know. Um, but... On this episode, we are going to be talking about the albums that we should have talked about. So albums that we both enjoyed um, that we didn't do an episode on. We're also going to be talking about the honorable mentions. And then we're going to talk about the woman rap album of the year, the rap album of the year, and the hip hop album of the year, which the distinctions will be made when we get to that point. But that being said, Taylor, I'm going to start with you. Well, there's nobody else that I can start with. Um First of all, it's wild that you're wearing a San Francisco Giants hat because they had Aaron Judge for six minutes and Carlos Correa for Ooh. only six days. Oh, um, they had arson, arson Judge. I, unfortunately, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Arson they, Judge. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, um, what are some of the albums that you really enjoyed that we did not talk about on the cap? Yeah, so I have four of them that uh, that stood out to me. And some of my honorable mentions fit this category too. And actually my, my rap album of the year fits this category and i think that some of the ones we didn't talk about were like mostly it was mostly like timing and planning thing it's not like we didn't think they were significant but my four just to get into it were uh coco drio turbo by action bronson that's one of my favorites of the year and like that's my you know one of my favorite artists of all time and i think we would have had a lot of fun talking about that one like i don't know if there's necessarily the conversation to be like, oh, this is, you know, com- competing for rap album of the year. But I think we would have had an amazing time just talking about it. Um, Love for Rent by Smino. That was a straight up like we were planning mm-hmm. on talking about that and it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember we were texting each other and I was like, hey, are we going to be able to like do this this weekend? And both you and I were just like, no, it just didn't work. <laughs> and then uh, Spaceships on the Blade by Larry June. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about whatever Larry June comes out with in 23, because I think that's another one where like he's just so... He's just so like cool and smooth that I think it'd be it's important to talk about him, especially with this what he's doing right now in his his own lane. And then number four, I had this on my rankings a couple times, but uh continuous improvement by DJ Lucas Popo 2004 and produced by Subject Five. I wanna get you uh I wanna get you involved in the Western Mass to Western Mass to New York City hip hop connection because that tape is it's by DJ Lucas is from Western Mass, mm-hmm. Popo is from New York subjects from new jersey so it, it's like uh papa might be from jersey too i'm not sure he's from either the city or, or jersey but it i think that album really speaks to the people who say like there's no good rap anymore and there's no good it's like you're not looking hard enough because there's people and that's just one example but there's people putting out like 
full mixtapes every single week where they're trying just as hard as the guys in the 90s did that everyone looks up to and thinks that you know what i mean it's just not making tiktok it's not making it's not being like fed to you in a spotify playlist so those are my four okay so i have seven the first four that i'm going to list it was just because it was like the beginning of 2022 and we weren't potting at that time i have uh ds forever by gunna um, Colors by NBA Youngboy, Face by Babyface Ray, and Back for Everything by Kodak Black. Um, we kind of touched on these projects, I believe, on the first episode of um, this season. But I think that, first of all, spoiler alert, Gunna's album is one of the best albums all year. Um, you guys will have to wait and see where I actually rank it um, in terms of the album of the year conversation. Um, I enjoyed Face. I didn't enjoy Face as much as I enjoyed Mob, but Face was... Um, there were just so many memorable songs on face. Like when you talk about, uh, was it Let Me Down or Let Me Down or Hold Me Down with 42 Doug. He had one with Young Lean. Um, I don't remember the name of it right now, but Motown Music, Tunnel Vision, all the production from DJ Esco as well. Really good project. Back for Everything from Kodak. Kodak wasn't really, um, I don't think people really expected Kodak to reappear in 2022 the way that he did. Um, Super Gremlin helped a lot in that case and then him being able to take super, the momentum from Super Gremlin and put that forth into an actual full body of work which ultimately has an argument in my opinion for being his best body of work in his career I think is really impressive um, additionally just the fact that it just seemed like Kodak was kind of going on a downward trend like declining in terms of um, I guess overall pop culture relevancy um, obviously, people from Florida or probably people who really, really love Kodak are always going to love Kodak. But um, just from a more um, holistic sense, it kind of seemed like he was declining in that way. Um, and I think Back for Everything really put him back on top. Um, NBA Youngboy is, it's very rare we get artists that are able to drop as much quality music and are able to consistently satisfy their fans over and over and over again, even at times when you may think that it's not enough of a turnaround between the last project and the project that just released. He's still able to continue to grow his fan base, all doing it while he's not even allowed to tour because he's on house arrest still and all that. I think that's really impressive within itself. Um, I also heard, I also saw on Twitter that he, uh, I hope this is true, but he reached out to Rod Wave to try to discuss some type of a um, collab project. And if they do that, I'm, I'm going to be excited for that. Um, but Having that there, I think that because of what Youngboy did this year, he puts himself in the same conversation as someone like Future, where Future's the same way, where he can release four projects in a year, all of them be the same quality, all of them be as iconic as the last, and it still be remembered years later. Obviously, time will tell in terms of NBA Youngboy, but that's the pace that he's on. Um, and now the, oh, actually, no, I have one more that we should have talked about that we didn't talk about because it released too early in the year. F Few Good Things by Saba is one of the best albums of the year. Um, again, you have to wait thought, to see where I rank it. I thought we did talk about that. No, we didn't. It was, um, Jan it came out in January. It was like the first album that I, oh, that may have been one DS that we just touched on. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Cause I remember, I remember listening to it and taking, like taking notes for our first episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's all good. Um, but no, it's one of <laughs> it's one of the it's one of the best albums all year. It's very, I'd say, a few good things by Saba and DS Forever. Um, are in the same boat in terms of they're in different lanes in terms of hip hop. 
but they're in the same boat in terms of albums that dropped in the beginning of the year that have not died out, at least for me in my personal listening diet. I still listen to a few good things. I just listened to DS Forever like last night. Um, so having those two projects there um, or having those two projects in the same boat in that way um, really shows how great of an artist Gunna is, how great of an artist Saba is. Um, and both will be reflected in my album of the year conversations when we get there. Um, and lastly, Las Runas by Rico Nasty. Um, really good album. It's not really a hip hop album. Well, it's definitely not a rap album. You can make the argument for hip hop, but even then you could kind of make the argument for it being another genre. But just the fact that Rico Nasty was able to, um, personally, I think Las Runas is the best project in her discography. I think that there, that's a, that's a, um, that's going to be a theme as we continue talking about these albums that I'm going to keep saying this album is the best project in this person's discography for whatever reason. And for Las Runas, I just like the vulnerability that she shows and also the versatility that she shows with different genres, still showing the hip hop um, aspects to her talent, but then also getting to other bags as well, which was which were very um, apparent from the first time you heard Rico Nasty, when you heard Smack a Bitch, you were like, she's not just a rap artist. Like she can do other things too. And I think she puts it together on um, Lots Runas. Yeah, I, that that album, I don't know if there's a singular genre to put it in. It's, uh, it's scary. It's scary for sure. Like the sound of it, like that's what it makes me think of. It's, it's like a, like a futuristic horror movie in a way. Mm-hmm. which I think is perfect for Rico Nasty. So I think it's, it's also uh, interesting because on that album, she it is scary, but at the same time, she's very vulnerable on it. Like on a song, I think the last song is called Chicken Nugget or the second to last song is called Chicken Nugget. Yeah. And on that, she's talking about her son and she's talking about like how she couldn't understand why her mother was so, um, was so adamant with her about certain things. And now she's understanding that because she's going through that phase in her life as well um also there are certain songs where she's like you like you made me feel bad about myself and I let you do this and I'm never letting you do this again it really is like a full um exploration into Rico Nasty's mental I I feel like I think that she gets really really vulnerable on that and that's really the thing that when we go through these albums really really sticks with me just how vulnerable do you get on these albums because anyone can rap about like if you go to Boldy James, to Young Thug, to Moneybag Yo, to whoever, like they're all like rapping about drugs and yo, I'm going like, yeah, like they all rap about the same things, but it's really the vulnerability that really sells me for an artist. And I'm like, okay, like this is an artist that yes, you still rap about, like everyone's going to rap about the same thing. It's hip hop, blah, 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 blah. And it's not like there's anything bad or anything wrong with that, but that vulnerable side is really what makes a connection between an artist and a listener. And I think yeah. with Las Runas, that's what Rico, Rico Nasty was able to make that connection with me. Yeah. I, I should clarify and say like the first half of it is scary. Mm-hmm. And then it, it does, it does, it does shift at some point, but like the instrumentals in the first, in the first half, and she's like really like scream, scream rapping in a way. And it's just like, it's like, yeah, this is Rico Nasty. This is like what she's supposed to be doing. Like that is her, that's her character within all of this. It is like that. Um, if you want to talk about vulnerability, we could we could go into some honorable mentions. Let's let's get into the honorable mentions. What do you have? All right. So a couple couple that were from earlier than when when we started or just when we were getting season three uh going. I have Sick by Earl Sweatshirt. 
just for you, Cousin Stiz. I have a few good things in my, by Saba, in my uh, honorable mentions. Tanatok 4, Killing Nothing, Boldy James, and Real Bad Man, which really set the scene for the year Boldy had. Because he put out four mixtapes this year, and I think all of them are insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Drill Music in Zion by Lupe Fiasco, 2000, Joey Badass. You take the credit, we'll take the check. Jay Worthy and Harry Fraud, uh, Black Vladimir by Mayhem Loren. And that that was like, we're kind of separating like the rap and the hip hop. That was my rap side. Mm-hmm. And then hip hop, I have like, I kind of cheated here. I have Face and Mob by mm-hmm. Babyface Ray, because I think like, he gave us like 40 like very good songs this year, which is very impressive. I actually have Soul Sold Separately by Freddie in the honorable mentions on the hip hop side. That's interesting. If he had kind if he had kind of stuck with his formula that works mm-hmm. on Pinata, uh Bandana, and Alfredo, where it was working with one producer and it's really like cinematic and you you just really like feel it and you can concentrate more on his raps. But I think for one of the first times there was like a lot of different sounds. And I think a lot of the production on this was a little flashier than what I'm accustomed to hearing Freddie on. And then like bringing so many characters in for skits. I just think it was like a much more of an attempt at like a mainstream ish album, as opposed to other stuff we've heard from Freddie. So I have it on that side. Um, Heroes and villains and Herbert. So Metro Boomin and Absol. It's just a, it's just a timing thing. Like they came out in the last two weeks. So I have I never liked you as an honorable mention on this side by future. Uh one of my favorite episodes we did actually. I had just moved to I just moved to the West Coast for this one, but Bible by Fabio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have that in honorable mentions. And then I had to put your man, Big 30, last man standing on this side. That that's it's crazy because I didn't put Big 30 here at all. Um that's interesting. Okay. So for on the rap side, I have D-Day, Dreamville, plus uh, DJ Drama, going back to the year that DJ Drama had. That's also, it's also been a really good year for compilation albums, aside from one that got nominated for a Grammy, which I God don't did. understand. I don't understand that at all, but regardless, that's that. Anyway, um, the Dreamville album was really good. I think that obviously J. Cole does his thing. Obviously, J.I.D. does his thing. Obviously, Ari Lennox does her thing as well. But the the way that they were able to incorporate the lesser known Dreamville artists like Kaz, Omen, Boss into that and really have them be the the people who carry the album in a way. Like they're more um, prominent on the album than the other three artists that I listed or I named. Um, I really appreciated that. Um, I got Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers here as well. Um, the Kendrick album, some people are going to argue it's album of the year. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with it. It's an album that I didn't really go back to as much as I expected to, um, mainly because just it's just such a dense album. And it's just like, like, I don't know, like, I, like, I think I need to be in a very specific mood for that album. And I just, I just don't really get into that mood often anymore. Um, Fair Exchange, No Robbery, Boldy James and Nicholas Craven. Boldy James's raps are incredible in general, but I really, really enjoy the production from Nicholas Craven. Um, 2000, Joey Badass, he came back like he never left. Herbert, Absol, he came back like he never left. Also, um, on the side of Herbert, uh, he, it's like Taylor, like Taylor said, it's a timing thing. Like if he released that album in June, I'm probably talking about it for album of the year. Um, even, even November, honestly. Like yeah. even if I just had a little more time to deal sit with it and like, 
sorry, figure out he like I, <laughs> I'm cutting in, but figure out what I really like from it and not just like for the episode. Then yeah, I think it's just timing. Yeah, um, I agree. And also, melt my eyes, see your future. Um, by Denzel Curry. I realized that I enjoyed the album, but if I'm not mistaken, Ben Staples' Ramona Park broke my heart dropped the week after, and it's just a simple um it's just a simple uh situation of just bad timing because the Ramona Park broke my heart completely overshadowed melt my I see your future in my mind and melt my I see your future when I went back and listened to it again like two weeks ago I really enjoyed it so still having that in there it has to be honorable mention when we're talking about the hip-hop side of things um Gangsta Art CMG by CMG I love that album really really long honestly even if like honestly i'm glad we didn't review it because that's like 27 songs i'm not trying to do all that um but having 42 doug money bag yo um who else like yo Gotti, obviously just having the whole cmj cmg roster glorilla um having them just come together with a to make a good compilation album where everyone who's a fan of whoever can get whatever and still maybe find something new i thought that was amazing um, the three NBA Youngboy albums that came out this year, um, well, I'm counting them as albums. Um, Colors by NBA Youngboy, which came out in January, really good album. Um, the Last Slimito by NBA Youngboy, I don't remember when that came out, I want to say August, really good album. And then My Got a Family with NBA Youngboy and DJ Drama. This might be recency bias. I think My Got a Family is probably my favorite right now if I had to pick today, but I can't say that I wasn't replaying Colors and The Last Slimito on repeat over and over again. Um, and then additionally, I have Demons Protected by Angels by Nav, by Nav, excuse me, by Nav. Um, It's Only Me by Lil Baby, Jupiter's Diary, Seven Day Theory by Rod Wave, Perfect Victory Lap. Again, an album that I would talk about for album of the year, but it just dropped too late. Heroes and Villains, Metro Boomin, Masterpiece, Mob, uh, Babyface Ray, also a masterpiece, also a masterpiece, dropped a little bit too late as well. And finally, for um, honorable mentions, I have Las Ruinas uh, by Rico Nasty, which I talked about earlier um all right so taylor do you have any comments uh i have a question for you before we take a little break Uh, so this is this is my first season on the podcast i think i've noticed with certain albums this year and this is kind of how i determine my final ranking for albums of the year because i know that you and i are going to be on this schedule I feel like I've been looking forward way more than I ever have with with music where like previously or just throughout my whole life, it's like if an album comes out and I really like it, I'm going to sit with it for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and, you know, probably years, especially if it like really cements itself. But but this year it, it it's a it's a double edged sword because I've listened to more music this year than I normally would have because a lot of the stuff I would have gotten to it probably like six or seven months after stuff came out because I was like dealing with the first half of the year. Um so I'm wondering for you if 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 doing this on such a consistent basis changes how you're listening to stuff and changes how you think that stuff sticks because the Denzel Curry album sticks out to me uh, a lot because like when that came out that was me like flying across the country signing a lease on an apartment listening to that in an Airbnb recording with you and then getting back on a plane across back across the country just to drive back out so like that album didn't get enough didn't get enough run with me. And I know that, and I know exactly why. And it's just because a matter of timing. So I'm curious to, to, to hear from you, if you have a similar experience, because my albums of the year are the ones that like cut through that 
that chaos kind of and stuck with me the entire time and that's how I chose them so I'm I'm wondering what 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 it's been like for you yeah so my albums of the year are the albums that I found myself going back to the most um I can make an argument like I was just talking about the last time you know colors like I can make an argument for a lot of these albums even it's only me by little baby like I'm still going back to that um Jupiter's Diary Seven Day Theory by Rod Wave I'm still going back to that as well so for me I typically know if I like a project or not off of the first listen but then it's like why do I like it what is going on here that makes me like it so then that's when I go back and I go do the second third fourth fifth listens and really try to dissect it in that way um in the case of Denzel Curry it just it's like I don't know like trying to think of a sports comparison here it's like the like last year, the MVP race between Jokic and Joel Embiid. And you can make the argument that Joel Embiid last year played better than Nikola Jokic's first MVP season, but it's just a matter of Nikola Jokic also playing better than his first MVP season that gives Nikola Jokic a leg up on Joel Embiid. And in that way, I'd say that um, to bring the comparison full circle, I'd say that um, Ramona Park broke my heart is Nikola Jokic at least for those two weeks and um, melt my eyes, see your future is uh, Joel Embiid in that way. It just got overshadowed and it's not anyone's fault necessarily. Um, but Vince Staples just put out something amazing, which we'll get to on the other side of this break um, and that Denzel Curry just, while his album was still really, really good, it wasn't great. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that does make sense. I think that, I think that with us doing doing this the way we do and not it's not a necessarily a weekly show, but it's a very much like like you said at the end of every episode, we'll be back when when hip hop tells us to. I think that makes it so some stuff can get not in a bad way either. It's just like it's just how the cycle goes. And it's it's a more organic cycle because it's me and you actually talking about it and living like living our life in between episodes and like that's determining how things are going so it's not so much of a because like me and you could have been like yo album of the year is her loss i never liked you you know what i mean like we could have just done it's like almost the, dry right yeah the super easy the super easy like version of that so um, I, li- I like how you put it that way and yeah i'm excited to hear i'm excited to hear the order of your albums of the year because at this point i feel like if you if you're going through and like checking boxes I think there's only going to be on me on mine. There's like one surprise. If you were looking at the rankings every every week, then you mm-hmm. you can probably figure out where where I kind of have like a wild card in there. But yeah, so I think at this point it's a matter of like, all right, I'm I'm curious to see how you ordered things because I can you know I could kind of figure out what's going to be there. But yeah. All right. So on the other side of this break, we will be talking about our albums of the year for the women category, for the rap category and the hip hop category. So on the other side of this break, don't touch that dial or that mouse or whatever, whatever you're using. Don't touch it at all. Like at all. Don't touch it. We'll be back. What do I want? It's a question that everyone eventually has to ask themselves. The key motivator for every action taken. The cause behind every effect. So, what do I want? I want to go to a sporting event in every major venue. I want to grow within my relationships with my friends and my family. I want the freedom to create without the fear of failure. I want to dream without being hindered by reality. I want to chase new passions, new experiences, and new goals. 
I want old milk to branch out of the box and try new things. I'm accomplishing some of these goals right now, and I know what I need to do to achieve the rest of them. However, the one thing you should take away from this commercial is, I want you to buy old milk merch. And welcome back. This is the Cat Podcast, episode 334. We are on the other side of the commercial break. Once again, that is Taylor McLeod. I am Nate Sperlin. And now we are going to talk about our album of the years. First, we're going to start off with the women rap category. Taylor, what is your ranking? And explain to us, me, and the viewers why that is your ranking. Yeah. Are we going one, two, three, three, two, one. Three, two, one. Okay. So before I get into it, I will say that this is a little, it's definitely ranked the way it is because the two biggest artists in this category didn't drop this year. Mm -hmm. If, if Cardi or Nikki dropped this year, I think the conversation would be completely different because like they're, they're just so such huge like stars that it's hard. It would be hard to argue either of them being top three, um, you know, if they had put out a project, but my my number three is You Still Hear Ho by Flo Millie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it was a really great rapping performance by Flo Millie. There's certain points in the album that I think get a little off track in a way. Songs that are... And it's also like you have to... They're not made for me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There's certain songs on this like that that aren't aren't are an experience that I can relate to of like being being a woman. So like there's songs on here that aren't for me, but I think that this project from Flo Millie was such a such an important step for her and her career to be like, I'm here. I'm here in a real way. Um and I know that we had we had talked about, you know, just mentioning some songs from each of these. My my two favorite songs on uh You Still Hear How were Come Outside and Bedtime. Okay. Which are back to back tracks and I think they work really well together. And I I think Come Outside is like the if every album had its own soundtrack, which is kind of like a redundant point because it is, but like if you had to pick one song to be like, this is the album, I think Come Outside is, is the one for me. Uh, number two, I have tra- I have Traumazine by Meg. I think that this is Meg the Stallion's, like, I think a lot of her other music has gotten so big because of specific lines or specific instances or moments within the songs that end up going viral and I think that this entire project was much more of a step back like I am real I'm like really really rapping and I don't think anyone's ever questioned Megan Thee Stallion's rapping talent I think that's always been apparent since she since she came in the game but I think this project was such a, a a a veer in a direction that maybe we didn't expect and obviously I mean it's happening right now all the stuff that she's been through in the last year, year and a half has been so much. So in order to get like a window into her thought process with a lot of this was really interesting. And in from the title in the cover, I just think it like really encapsulates everything that Megan Thee Stallion is dealing with. Like when you go back to her career in 10 years and you're like, all right, like 21, 22, what was that like? I think this album is the perfect way to to see what it's like and i also think in terms of album covers i think i think her album cover was actually one of the best of the year i think it really speaks to what the album is about and speaks to her experience 
for my song i have not nice i think that's the best song on the album mm-hmm. and like that's kind of to me is like the the hardest just like bars like track like that and that's where i'm gonna lean pretty much every single time uh and at one i have 777 by lotto that came out the same weekend as denzel curry and while denzel curry probably would have been someone that i would would go to first previously this year i definitely listened to lotto first i listened to it uh on an airplane so i had time to like really really sit with it and i think that with this project and everything around it, including her LA leakers freestyle may have been the best freestyle of the year. And I think this project was just such a, such a huge, huge like display of the talent that Lotto really has because she raps in a way that's like, she's like going to take what she wants from Mm -hmm. all this. And it's very like, regardless of their beef, it reminds me of like a young Nikki. It reminds me of like when a Nikki would get in her like, real like new york like hip-hop bag and and be like no i'm from like i'm from like the center of all this and in a, in a similar way for lotto's generation she's in that same boat where the atlanta thing has been the biggest thing for of the last decade like has it been the biggest regional you know epicenter of hip-hop for the last decade and i think that it was just such a this album just felt like such a flex from her um, the song I have is seven 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 part two, which is the second song in the album. But I think there's a conversation to be made for Sunshine with Lil Wayne and Childish Gambino. Just like landing those two two people on a track, those two guys on a track. Um, but in terms of like bars, which I'm always gonna like lean towards, I think seven 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 part two is the best song on the album. Okay. Um, I should have started off with a disclaimer. Um, in case you guys haven't realized, me and Taylor are both men and. Neither Flo Millie, Lotto, or Megan The Stallion are making songs for us. So please don't hate us if we if you disagree with us. Probably should have put that disclaimer in there first. Um, additionally, I think that this category is probably the hardest one for me. I had to go back and really listen to all three. Um, and I came up with in third place, Traumazine by Megan The Stallion. I appreciated the um the vulnerability that she showed on the album, addressing the real life situations that she's going, that is going on with her life that are, that we're seeing currently unfold with her right now. Um, I, it, it just comes down to the Lotto album and the Flo Millie album having songs that I'm more likely to go back to. Um, I couldn't choose a single song, but I'll say that the three I really enjoyed from Traumazine was Miss Nasty, Red Wine and Anxiety. At number two, I have 777 by Lotto. Um, I was, it was very, very, first of all, I think that you can make a valid case for all three of these projects being number one. It was very, very hard for me to distinguish between the Lotto album and the Flo Millie album in terms of which one I liked more, because for Flo Millie's Come Outside, Lotto has big energy. For Flo Millie's Pretty Girls, Lotto has sunshine. So it really was a heavyweight fight between two really good up and coming women rappers right now. Um, but ultimately I think Lotto is in second place because I think that the first place is You Still Hear Ho by Flo Millie. Um, I go to first place just so I can make this point. The Flo Millie album just had Come Outside and No Face. Like those are just songs that were stuck in my head from the time I listened to the song to 
probably two, three weeks, four weeks. And while I enjoyed the Lotto album that like much, I really loved Stepper. I listened to it when I'm working out and stuff like that. Lotto's music didn't have the same, didn't have the same catchiness, that same stuck in your head uh, type of feeling that I got from the Flo Millie. And that's really what distinguished Flo Millie from Lotto for me. Um, but I also think that out of the three, Lotto did a good job of making music while I just had that disclaimer, I think that Lotto made good music, not just for women, but for just rap in general. Like I think that you could play Stepper in the Ox with your homies and on the Ox with your homies. And I don't think they'd really look at you and deny you Ox privileges ever again. And you can play that same song with women because it's Lotto, women love Lotto, et cetera, et cetera. So I do like that versatility that she was able to incorporate into 777. But ultimately, you still hear how Flo Millie is the most unique artist out of these three. Um, I think that Lotto and Megan Thee Stallion are more closer together or more grouped into to each other than Flo Millie is. Um, additionally, Come Outside is amazing. And then you have songs like Pretty Girls where she gives us another, a different side to her artistry that we haven't seen from her before. And because of that, I really appreciate that. So her ability to make that catchy hit, like Come Outside or No Face, and then still give us songs like Pretty Girls or Tilted Halo. Um, the, the songs that I just that I just listed, Come Outside, Pretty Girls, uh, No Face, and Tilted Halo are the my favorite tracks from You Still Hear Ho. And on 777, I like 777. Um, There's a part one and a part two, but I don't know why I'm still perturbed to why those two songs, though that song is separated into two. Like it, I think it works better as one song. Um, Big Energy is probably one of the biggest songs all year. Sunshine is amazing and Stepper is also the fourth. So that is my album of the year picks for women rap. Wonderful. All right. Hey man, you, you know, I mean, now we get to the easy stuff, right? Um, okay, so before we get into um, rap album of the year and hip hop album of the year. The distinction between the two is rap album of the year is for the traditional rappers, the people who like bars and stuff like that. Um, the people who are like, what is, why are these artists like Gunna and Young Thug and Future singing all the time? That's not hip hop, like rap album of the years for them and hip hop album of the years for the more mainstream, like the Gunnas, the Rod Waves, the Futures, the blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that being said, Taylor, what is your top three rap album of the year? So number three is the wild card that I that I mentioned earlier, and it's in the same lane as uh, continuous improvement that I mentioned at, at the end of uh, our first segment, and it's it's Cold Cuts by Wiki and Subject Five. I think that this album to me is the biggest example of the people who say that there's no good rap anymore aren't looking, because last year Wiki did an entire album with Navy Blue, Say Just Susser which is an incredible rap album. Like it is front to back bars. He's from like, it's like the the New York City hip hop that people are looking for still exists. It's just like other people aren't looking for it. Um, I think that this year was incredible for Wiki. Not only did he have Cold Cuts, which it's just like, my favorite song off is The Fonz. And I think The Fonz is actually the best instrumental of 2022. It's just like the quintessential New York rap song that, that people are looking for that like gives you the nostalgia for a time that was honestly like before me and you were even like old enough to really like, it's like the, the, the mid to late nineties, like when like Jay-Z, Biggie, Big L were all like doing their thing at the same time in the city DMX. It, it reminds me of that 
it gives me a window into what that era is like. And like, I think that Wiki does a good job, even down to the music videos of capturing that feeling. So that that's my number three. And I would, I would really encourage like everyone to go check it out because I think it'll impress a lot of people just to know that that music is still happening. Um, no matter what Twitter, Twitter wants to tell you about the same five artists rapping about the same five things on every song. Like that's just not, not real. And I think that this album is to me the best example of an album that came out this year. That's like, no, like exactly what you're looking for still exists. You're just not looking hard enough. My number two, which I had at number one, pretty much since it came out in April, uh, I have Ramona Park broke my heart by Vince Staples at number two. Vince had such an advantage going into this album because of Vince Staples last year, the mm -hmm. mixtape. Like he laid a perfect foundation in 2021 for one of the best albums of 2022. And the we talk about vulnerability, we talk about everything. And Vince Staples has been rapping about the same stuff his whole career. And he said that in multiple interviews. But the instrumentals used to be a little bit different. They were more electronic, they were faster. Like Big Fish Theory doesn't sound anything like his last two projects. And I think that the Vince Staples that came across in interviews that so many people fell in love with like that personality and how he breaks things down and how he talks about things and how he articulates things. I think that shines through so much more in these last two projects. And on this Ramona Park broke my heart specifically. I think the storytelling, I think the, the rapping is just impeccable. Like he's such to me, he's like the second best rapper alive right now. And I think that my, my first one is the first album of the year, but I just think Vince is on such a level right now. And like for him to do a song like East Point Prayer with Lil Baby and bring Lil mm -hmm. Baby into his world, where technically the song is like about Vince's experience in Atlanta, which is why Lil Baby's perfect for it. But it's not like this like super fast paced, super like, you know, like getting in and out of like like relentless flow that Lil Baby has. It's like I just think Vince is like really starting to master his own craft right now and is now bringing other people into that world. And I think it's just such a perfect. I think it's such a perfect project and I can't wait to see where Vince goes next because he's like a legit genius. And this project is like a look into that. And it, th there's just no way that like the next move is bad or wrong or anything. But my rap album of the year is Fair Exchange, No Robbery by Boldy James and Nick Craven. Boldy James is the best rapper alive. He put out four mixtapes this year, four or five, and they're all incredible. But this one, like you said, Nick Nick Craven, similar to Alchemist in the last two years with Bo Jackson and Super Tech Mobile, gives Boldy enough space to rap the entire time. And it never gets stale. In in Boldy's confidence in his smoothness, it reminds me, it doesn't remind me of Babyface Ray, but you can tell that they both have that same like there's like a coolness that comes from Detroit rappers that no one else can accomplish like mm -hmm. no one else can like reach the same level of like it feels like they're just completely laid back like rapping like the 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 best raps of the year um i think scrabble and town and country are my favorite songs off this and i i play this album every single day like i wake up i put it on i'm in the car i put it on i waking you know, like yeah it, it's just like yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and i think the the bars on this are just insane i think that when it comes to flows bars hooks everything boldy just puts it together better than anyone in my opinion right now and 
we didn't talk about this album because I don't think I expected this. I don't think I expected to be this impressed. I expected another solid performance because that's what Boldy James does. But yeah, I think this is the best rap album of the year. And it's it was so close between this and this and Ramona Park. But it, it edged it out just based on how much I listened to this project. Like I literally like when I say every single day, I mean every single day, like playing this front to back. So that's my rap album of the year. All right. At number three for my rap album of the year, Drill Music and Zion by Lupe Fiasco. Ladies and gentlemen, he still got it. He, like, Lupe Fiasco is, as I said on the last episode, Lupe Fiasco is a lyricist, and throughout the whole album, he proves it. Um, the way that he's able to make general concepts or make general analogies into songs that you don't really understand until you listen to the same song like five, six times, and you're like, oh, that's what he's talking about. And now you understand both ways and you see the genius both ways in the song that he uh, created. I think that's just full, that's just uh, present throughout the whole album. He's teaching a course on hip hop for a reason right now at MIT. Like there's a reason why he's doing that. Um, and also I think if we did talk about most or best songs of the year, I think On Phonem with, uh, just On Phonem by Lupe Fiasco is one of the most impactful songs of the year. Um, considering the fact that unfortunately Yesterday, we lost another rapper, Big Scar, rest in peace, Big Scar. Um, the line that Lupe Fiasco has on the first verse of On Phono when he's like, um, rappers die too much, That that's it, that's the verse. Like it continuously becomes, unfortunately, it continuously is something that is proven true over and over and over again. And it sucks that that's the case, but it just shows how on the pulse Lupe Fiasco really is um, in that way, how observant he is of just the whole hip hop game in general, um, like all legends are. Number two, a fellow Chicagoan as well. I have Few Good Things by Saba. Um, again, this is an album. I've been playing it since January. You guys know we talk about it all the time in this day and age. It's very rare for an album to last two weeks. This album lasted 12 months. It has to be here. It just has to be. Um, the song that I initially was going to pick was Soldier, because I think from Soldier to the end, that's really the best run on the album. But I also got to throw in Survivor's Guilt in there as well, because G Herbo kills his verse. And the things that Saba's talking about in his verse as well is really, really impactful. Um, Few Good Things is also a really good song. Uh, having Black Thought on it, really, really, really just a masterpiece in itself. And I'm excited for whatever Saba comes with next, whether it's next year or in two years or whatever, I'll wait, perfectly fine waiting. Um, and lastly, number one, I have Vince Staples, Ramona Park, Broke My Heart. Um, once again, how rare is it for an album to last more than a month? Very. This album lasted multiple months. It didn't last as many months as Few Good Things, but it's because this album came out before, I mean, after, excuse me, for Few Good Things. But if it came out before, I'm sure it would have outlasted a few good things. But anyway, the fact that this album is a rap album and it appeases, it appeases, there's a, there's, a, there's a saying that basically says, when you try to please everybody, you please nobody. I can argue that on this album, Vince Staples tried to please everybody and he did. What I, how I see that working out is that Obviously, you have the metaphor, you have the the lyrical genius that Vince Staples is shining through on every single song. But then you have songs like Lemonade, you have songs like When Sparks Fly, you have songs like Rose Street that are, they still show Vince Staples' talent for rapping, but it also 
the feel of it is something that isn't just supposed to be played when you just want to listen to rap, when you just want to listen to something that sounds good, you can play Lemonade because Ty Dolla Sign is on it. You can play Rose Street because Rose Street is just catchy. The beat is just amazing. Um, you could play East Point Prayer because Lil Baby's on it. So that duality to Ramona Park Broke My Heart is really what sets it apart from the other two that I listed. Um, you could also argue that the Saba album has some duality as well, but not on the level as uh, Ramona Park Broke My Heart. Um, and that's why Ramona Park Broke My Heart is my rap album of the year. Yeah, I think it it captures an existence and a feeling that I haven't felt since Good Kid, Mad City. So for a whole decade, like being able to to have the big songs, but also give you the the stuff that you like, you can't just listen to once. Like you have to sit with it and you have to really like deal with it and 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 it's it's not like this like lyrical miracle, like double and triple entendres on top of everything. It's just like, it's just someone who's so good at what they're doing right now. And with, with a real understanding of like every element of the human like existence and what's, what's happening, what isn't happening. It is, it is a perfect project. And like I said, my, I, I, we, I mean, we both said it all year long that like it was going to be at the top of our list and it was just, yeah, I'm I'm glad that I had it too. You had it one. I'm glad it's getting its just due. And I feel like I feel like some people may not have listened to it. And I'm excited for them when they finally do get around to it to be like, oh, like this is a different Vince Staples than I remember. Cause I feel like there's people who didn't listen to it this year who didn't listen to Vince Staples last year either. And it's a uh, yeah. So getting into hip hop albums of the year. Um I'll go three, two, one, quick. Three, <laughs> Demons Protected by Angels, Nav. Strictly off the strength of that song, baby. I said it on our episode when we did it. <laughs> when when he asked on that song and he said, will you give me 10K cash so I can go shot, ping? That was solidified for me right then. I have never heard a rapper be like, I meant, I made the same comparison when we talked about it. It's like, reminds me a little like 21 questions, 50 cent, but it's just so like, it's so more blatant. It's literally like, hey, will you pay for me to keep this lifestyle up? It's not like, a, oh, if things go bad, will you still love me? It's like, no, like legit, like, will you just pay for me to live the life I want to? And I think that's incredible. I've I've never heard a rapper really get into that. Number two, I have DS4, Drip Season Forever. I think Gunna is, Gunna is at the top of his game. I'm so glad that he's out. Um, Obviously, the there's been so much press about the, the YSL stuff all year, and it's unfortunate that he didn't get to he didn't get to ride the wave of this album the way he should have because, because of what happened, because he was locked up. But going back to this album, I think from the intro private Island on, like there's, there's really not a miss. And he's just like the best at understanding pacing, understanding exactly how long he's supposed to go on certain lines, certain verses. He's just, he's just the best in that regard. Um, And then number one, you could see this coming from a mile away. Her last Drake in 21 Savage, six gods back. He gave us two this year. He's, I mean, like, I'm not drinking, so I'm not going to tell you he's the best rapper of all time. But <laughs> but if I was, if I was, there's some songs on this. I think everything, like, from Hours in Silence, which, like, me and you joke about all the time. Like, I text in that group, like, probably, like, once a week. Just 30 on my waist. <laughs> like, it's just, I, I love that song so much. But in terms of my actual favorites, Broke Boys with 21 at the end. And then uh, Middle of the Ocean is just, like, a classic, classic Drake drake record that feels like it should be a timestamp record but 40 uh 40 21 got that one this time so yeah it's just her loss is so good i 
I was ready to be underwhelmed by it. And I was very, it was very much the opposite. It, it met every expectation I had and, and then some. So that's my hip hop, hip hop album of the year. All right. Um, starting with three for my hip hop album of the year, I got her loss, Drake and 21 Savage. Um, it's, is it possible to be disappointed, but at the same time, super impressed by an album? And let me explain how. When you hear collab album, I'm expecting more 21 Savage. That's where the disappointment comes into play. But Drake literally, I don't know what Drake did. I don't know if this is 2022 Drake. I what my what I think is that Drake somehow with his $500 million contract got a time machine and switched places with Drake from 2012 to give us this. That's how I feel about this. And because of that, super impressive to me. Rich Flex, 21, can you do some for me? Like 21 in um Philadelphia Blue has been doing a lot for me this year. Uh, so I really relate to that. Um Major distribution is amazing on BS. What he's like, what uh, at the end of skit, uh, let me put my window down. I need fresh air. We all need fresh air sometimes. Um, spin about you. Uh, spin about you is the one that really triggers the, this is 2010, 2011 Drake. When he comes in, he's yeah. like, the way you, yeah. and then the B come, come on, stop it, stop it, stop it. And hours in silence. I wish that it was shorter. If hours in silence was shorter and at the end of 21 Savage singing how uh, she knows that he loves her and stuff like that. At the end of the day, if that's the end of the song, it's probably the best song on the album. But then Drake has to talk about, I made you in a lab and I mixed you with Chemical X and now you're a Powerpuff girl, whatever, whatever bullshit it's my, you're talking it, about. It's my, it's my fault. <laughs> I, take I take accountability. Like if, if I can, I can do without that part, but just the 21 Savage coming in with 30, oh my way. Like, come on. Come on. You're like, not going Lin you're not going Lindsay Rowley first week. <laughs> like you're like no one can tell me that when they first heard Savage Mode, they thought that 21 Savage could do shit like this. No one can tell me that. Absolutely nobody. Because I was the one who believed in 21 Savage and was like, he's gonna be good. I didn't think he'd be this good. I did not think he'd be this good at all. And it's pleasant to see every time he continues to shatter another ceiling. It's amazing. Um, number two, DS Forever, gonna, gonna. In the same, I talked about this in um, what are you talking about? Uh, not honorable mentions. Albums we should have talked about. Uh, I talked about this. Um, Ghana DS Forever is in the same boat as Few Good Things, where it came out early. Again, I this is the third time I'm saying this. How many times does an album really last two weeks? Taylor, what's the answer? Not very often. Anymore. Not very often. This album lasted months. This album dominated the year for me. It's number two for that reason. Private Island, as um, Taylor said. I'm still pushing P. Are you pushing P, Taylor? Always. You got to push the P. Um, I, uh, I should have I cut out a P and pushed it here. Anyway, regardless of that. Um, <laughs> pushing P is amazing. Mop is amazing. I don't know the bitch with uh, G, uh, G Herbo is amazing. Life of Sin with Nechi is amazing. Um, just the way that he closes out the album is great as well. I think this is Gunna's best album. Um, in his discography, at least in my personal opinion, that's how I feel. And because of that, it's number two. Number one is Rod Wave, Beautiful Mind. First of all, how many features did he have on this? Two? One of them was Jack Harlow. I don't even like that song. So in my mind, it's one. Like that's the only one that I keep listening to over and over again. The fact that Rod Wave is able to carry an album on his back this way, 20 songs at least, might be 22 because I'm not sure... Um, I know Cold December and 
there was one other single that came out last year that ultimately made its way to be at the back end of this album. Really amazing songs that carried me through my wait for Rod Wave saying, it's April, where the fuck is Rod Wave? It's May, where the fuck is Rod Wave? And Rod Wave finally drops. And it's like, wow, this is here. This is who you are, a superstar, crazy. Anyway, um, keep going, love that song. Pieces, love that song. Everything will be played at one. Uh, no, not everything, is it everything? No, everything is amazing. I love better. Um, married next year will be played at my wedding when I eventually get married in like 20 years or whenever it happens. I think 20 years is like the 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 ceiling, um, the 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 championship window, if you if you will. Um, I think that I think that's what that is. But whenever that happens, um, married next year will be played. Um, also the fact that this album was so great. I wanted more Rod Wave. You know what he did? He came back. He came back with uh Jupiter's Diary, Seven Day Theory, another amazing album. So having that victory lap on top of it just makes Beautiful Mind my hip hop album of the year. And I I was listening to it in the shower before we even recorded this. It, so I'm yeah, that's my hip hop album of the year. Yeah, I'm sure that like that's your one of your favorite artists. And and like we were saying earlier, it, it feels sometimes that people don't have favorite artists like that anymore. Or they their favorite artist is whoever Spotify told them their favorite artist was, and not and not on the rap, but on like a playlist that's like whatever, you know what I mean? Like here's this every day or the suggested or whatever. But I yeah, to hear you talk about the Rod Wave album like that, like for me, ne never really having been like a huge Rod Wave fan, definitely, definitely like your enthusiasm for his music, like really opened my eyes to his music. And I think that having him up there is 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 super warranted and just like looking at his tour that he just went on the the super like stardom is is really there they and, said like, I'm people were random, crying yeah i'm hearing random like regional basketball announcers like reference him like i was watching a king's game uh i don't even remember who they were playing but i was watching a shout king's out mark game jones. And be like yeah in mark jones, jones. Was, like he was like someone hit like a shot and he was like call him rod because he's on a wing <laughs> <laughs> and i was like Okay, so he's getting like the like big name drops now. Like, yeah, you can get what like you can make a little noise, but once you have like like rant not random people, but just like people like once you become a part of like the cultural lexicon, like how people are talking about things and 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 using you as like a descriptor for stuff, like you're 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 that guy. You've made it at that point. So I'm glad you have him there. I think that I'm in a similar boat on the other side, like on mine. And if if it's hard to say that if it wasn't a collab album, I would feel differently. But if it wasn't a collab album and it was just Drake, I might have him at top top rap album and top hip hop album. Glad to I'm glad to acknowledge my bias with you, Taylor. Um, six, 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 six. <laughs> All right, that is it for 2022. I don't know about you, but I ain't doing shit after I'm done with this. Um, but that being said. Thank you for watching the Cat Podcast all season. We really appreciate it. Like and subscribe to the channel. Share your picks for album of the year and honorable mentions in the comments below. Again, thank you for watching us all year. You deserve a round of applause for that. Uh, we, we, this is the best season that we've had, and I'm so excited to top this next year. That being said, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media. Check out all the Old Milk content on oldmilk.co. And we are now on a hiatus until the spring take care of yourselves until then and we will see you in 2023 happy holidays i hope everyone has a great holiday i hope everyone has a good happy new year and we are out